0: G'day there, Jess here. Welcome back, or welcome to the Great Thrive Podcast. I am here today with a lovely interview with Jen Johnston uh, of Jen Johnston Ceramics, who is located in the north of New South Wales here in Australia. And uh, I was really excited to hear from Jen because she's a long time listener of this podcast. In fact, She talks about how much this podcast helped her get her business up and running and she's gone full time with it in the last year which is amazing and as a podcaster it's super exciting and rewarding to hear from someone whose life has been changed uh, by what I've been putting out there. So I was really excited to talk to Jen and talk about her journey. She's in her I think mid-40s now and made this sort of lifestyle shift in her early 40s around the same time as a massive medical change in her life as well. So we talk about all of that and what it's like to you know, take that leap from a secure job into working for yourself, especially in this time of COVID-19. So that's what we're going to be covering in the episode today. Uh, I just also wanted to give you a bit of a heads up as to what's happening over the next month. I'm actually going to be talking a lot about pricing Uh, especially over on YouTube so I'm going to be doing a whole bunch of videos on my YouTube channel in October about pricing and money (laughs) including all the ways I've made money online since 2003 Uh, can you really make a full-time living from a handmade business and I'm going to pull in some statistics Uh, from etsy and from my our own state of handmade survey that we do over at the business of making i'm going to be talking about pricing formulas for handmade business and uh, so if you'd like to check that out make sure you're a subscriber over on youtube youtube.com forward slash jess van den and of course our thriver circle workshop next month is going to be an in-depth workshop on pricing so going through the process that i recommend to work out what you should be charging for your handmade goods and that's going to be a workshop inside my membership community for makers the thriver circle of course as always huge shout out and thank you to all the members of the circle without them i couldn't afford to do this show i don't run ads i just rely on listeners deciding to become students either of my courses or joining us in the thriver circle and taking advantage of that information in there And you can do that over at ThriverCircle.com. Okay, let's get on with the interview. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010. And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. So I'm here today with Jen. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you reached out to chat because I think you have a fantastic story. And uh, I think one thing I love about your story as well is that you started later in life, which I think will resonate with a lot of my audience who are in a similar position, who, you know, have kind of had a bit of a career and, and then sort of changed uh, to something new and are starting up this new passion project, so can you just give us a little bit of background into, you know, what you did before and how you came to be making ceramics for a living?
1: Yeah, sure, thank you. Um, so, yes, in my past life, um, I did health research. So, I did psychology at uni. Um, did my PhD and then just went straight into research. So we were living at Melbourne, in Melbourne at Mm -hmm. this time, Um, Worked doing drug and alcohol research, which was great, really enjoyed it. Um, And then uh, we moved up to Northern New South Wales in 2009 um and I was I guess I'd been working in the field for about 15 years at that stage and was starting to lose my drive a bit Mm -hmm. um also it was hard to get onto projects up here not being in a major center Mm -hmm. um so I started working in health research um which was a great job but really less and less away from what my passion was um and at that time I started to – I've always kind of dabbled with crafty things. Um, it's interesting, my husband and I have been talking about it in the lead up to speaking with you and he remembers that I've always been kind of fiddling with things with my hands. I did paperwork for a while. I was making cards using origami paper. Um, mm-hmm. and I tried my hand at sewing and I was really bad at that. Um <laughs> And then I just sort of had a feeling that I really wanted to try working with clay. Um, And by this stage we're up living um, in northern New South Wales, as I said, and every year there's an open studio weekend called the North Coast Mud Trail. Um, And I went on that and I met a woman who lived 10 minutes down the road from me who had an amazing ceramic studio um, really clicked with her and I ended up doing a course with her. My sister-in-law got me a course for my birthday. Um, so I finally got to have a go at clay and just fell in love with it. Um, Karen, who was my first teacher, um, so I did a four or six-week throwing course with her and at the end of it she said that um, she could see that I had a real passion for it and she offered to let me come to her studio one day a week. Um, mm-hmm. So I was able to do that. And just over the next year, just kind of learned from her. She was incredibly generous with her knowledge um, and support, taught me how to fire kilns, make glazes, um, work on the wheel. Um, and at the end of that time, I ended up um, getting my own wheel and then just sort of
0: started growing it from there, I guess. Was it a deliberate choice to move into doing this full time, or did it kind of accidentally happen? Oh no, it was very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, right from the start,
1: i I was just quite obsessed with clay. I was dre- <laughs> I was dr- I was going to sleep thinking about it. I was waking up thinking about it. Um, and I guess I just really wanted to change my. To change my life, um, and I saw that that was a way that I could do it. And I could just imagine that it was a, a way of finally having the creative life that I maybe I always wanted, but mm-hmm. didn't really know how to achieve. Um, so yeah, right from the start, I remember saying to people, I'm going to do this full time and people were like, oh no, I don't think that's possible. I don't think it's possible to have, <laughs> have a, yeah, make your living out of making ceramics and then just little by little. So I was working probably four days a week doing the health research and over six years or so, I just each, each year, I dropped one year of working at the uni and then picked up a, a day a week. Mm-hmm. Working in the studio and just build the business slowly over time. I think that was one of the good things for me about coming to this bit later in life. So I was a little in my late thirties, early forties when I first started working with clay. Um, so I had. Sometimes I think I would be really great to have found this early in life,
0: but mm.
1: this so to have a good career not a good career to have the um, stability that my career allowed me um, to be able to build up my studio over time so I've got two kilns now and uh, you know I saved over years to buy them the wheel costs money Um, setting up the studio costs a lot of money so I was able just to set myself up and not ever really be in a precarious situation with the transition
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that's really really smart and it's yeah, I think people who are in that position are in a fortunate position, especially when you have a job where you can slowly sort of ease back your hours without quitting completely. It's, it's a yeah. nice a nice place to be in. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly a fan of building it up on the side for a good whack of time before you make that, make that shift uh, to doing it full time. So it sounds like it worked out well for you. Well, how yeah. are you. How are you mostly selling your work at this point?
1: Um, so I started, um, I met a a woman, uh, Miranda, who's um, got a gorgeous shop in Bangalore, which is a cute little town just outside Byron. Um, I met her at a hand-building course and kind of struck up a friendship with her and I was saying, oh, I've got some pieces that I think might work in your shop. And she was really lovely. I think she was quite worried about what I was going to try and foist upon her. (laughs) Um, But I had these six cups that I thought would work really well with her. So I finally took them to her shop and she loved them. And she said, um, can I have 80 of these cups? And I had thought that maybe if I was lucky she was going to buy six of them. (laughs) So I said yes and went away and probably threw about 200 cups to get 80 that looked anything like each other. Mm. Um, but that sort of started my um, experience with wholesale and wholesale has been really important to my business. Um, it's probably at the moment it's about 50% of my income is from wholesale. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's been really important to me to have sort of some sort of stability in the income.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, because you can get those big chunks of, of money. Yeah. Sort of, uh, and, yeah. and repeat repeat sales, yeah. I'm assuming, from the same yeah. yes. places as well.
1: Yeah, oftentimes. Um, and a lot of them, so that was a local shop, but also I was quite early on, I think in Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and um people, a few shops reached out and asked just through that if they could stock my work. So mm-hmm. um Yeah, that was the other way that it sort of
0: started. And you mentioned when we were chatting uh, before the podcast that you had sort of a major health issue as well. Was that a big part of sort of this whole change of life in multiple different ways?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I've got Crohn's disease, um, which has had a massive impact upon my life. I was um, had a quite severe case of it um, in and out of hospital a lot in my 20s and 30s um and got to the point um interestingly around the time that i found clay i got to the point where i ended up that i needed um, major surgery so i had my large bowel removed um which completely changed my life um in for the better it meant that i could i could do things. I had <laughs> I had freedom. I wasn't sick and in bed and in hospital. I could actually get out and do things. So it was like um the two things this the surgery and, and the clay kind of came together for me at the same time and just um I was able to take the opportunities for a change rather than be kind of bedbound and housebound a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think Having a chronic illness um, obviously impacts impacts you a lot. And then when I wasn't sick, I was just like I was going to grab any opportunity that came my way with both mm-hmm. hands and really kind of go with it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it basically yeah. gave you a new lease on life literally uh, yeah, at the same abs- time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I was able to throw all this energy that I suddenly had into something. Um, yeah. So.
0: That's, I think that's, um, I've, I've interviewed a few people who've had similar experiences where something big has shifted in their life and this has sort of come along for the ride, if you, if you know what I mean, or they've decided mm. that the way they were living before was not making them happy or not fulfilling them and realising that it was time to make a change.
1: Yeah. The other thing that happened around that time was that my dad died in, a, um,
0: in an accident, mm-hmm. he
1: was a, a pedestrian, and I think that that just was the f- another real reminder for me that you just never can know what's going to happen and mm-hmm. just to stop faffing about and living my <laughs> life according to other people's <laughs> expectations of me.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that's... Sometimes that sort of tragedy can wake us up to, you know, the sh- the, the fragility of life, the shortness of life, and uh, that if we're not spending our time doing the things that we love, what's what are we doing?
1: What's, yeah, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and to be doing this and finding it at the time when there seemed to be a a renewed appreciation of handmade mm. um, and with Instagram as well, being able to, and, you know, the um, online, having online shops, it's just been an amazing kind of coming together of a, a bunch of factors,
0: I think, mm. for, for me and a lot of other people, which is so exciting. Yeah, it really is. And it definitely is in the last, you know, in the last decade, there has been that renewed sort of interest and appreciation for handmade which is fantastic for those of yeah. us who are in the industry uh, yeah. and seeing a lot, a lot of new faces kind of coming in and, and being part of it as well. Yeah. So did you sell? Uh, so you said you sold wholesale. Did you do yeah. markets? Did you sell online? Was it kind of a combo of things? Uh, did you do one and then move on to the other? Like how, how has that evolved over time in the development of your business?
1: Um. I did wholesale, and then um, I—I've never actually done a market. Okay. I've done mm-hmm. um, so the mud, the North Coast Mud Trail that I mentioned before when I, I met my first teacher. Um, I'm now on that, so mm-hmm. I do open studios once a year, which is fantastic. Um, but I mainly did the wholesale and then, um, have built an online store over the last few years. Um, have yeah, your podcast has been, um, I'm going to get a bit emotional. Your podcast has been, um, really instrumental in me building this business. Um, and so I was like, okay, Jess says to to, do an online store, let's do an online store. Um, (laughs) So I did an awful, I paid someone to do an awful clunky WordPress. It wasn't awful, but the website was fine, but I couldn't, um, I couldn't add things. I didn't, Mm. it was too difficult for me. Mm -hmm. So that was really early on. Um, And since then I've got just a Shopify, which Mm -hmm. is easy and simple and mostly links to Instagram and Facebook fine. And
0: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i do i definitely recommend Shopify these days for for newbies or people who don't have web design experience it definitely is easy to use and seems to work really well for people so i'm glad to hear yeah that that's working for you yeah. as well yeah <laughs> and and so you kind of started the online shop uh element two things and you mentioned that uh kind of covid's had an impact on this for you as well
1: yeah so um Last year at the start of COVID, um, I think that was a real impetus for me to, like I've heard other people talk about, to really get my online store up and running mm-hmm. and also to promote it. It's such a hustle, you know, it's very well to have it sitting there, but you've really got to drive people to it. Mm-hmm. So I was focusing much more on being consistent on Instagram. I do find that that makes a difference for me mm-hmm. if I show up over there. Um so I so online store kind of probably tripled last mm-hmm. year wow. in terms of sales. Um, it's dipped again more recently. So what are we beginning of September? So mm-hmm. July was a bit quiet. I think when Sydney went into lockdown, that's and with the Delta, it's mm-hmm. kind of shaken everyone a little bit. Yeah. Um, things have picked up. Um, picking up again. This. I was going to do Finders Keepers in Brisbane, which has been postponed. and mm-hmm. Our um, North Coast Mud Trail has been postponed. So it's just um, it's been an interesting time. Um, lesson for me not to sweat the small stuff too much and just trust <laughs> trust it'll come around again and yeah. keep on keep on making, even if I'm not quite sure what purpose I'm making for. Um, <laughs> yeah, and wholesale has is continued to be good. I've sort of gone back to wholesale and I'm approaching um, different types of outlets I'm trying to get into. I'm getting into some galleries Mm -hmm. and um, so on at the moment. So just I'm going to say that awful pivot word, but pivoting again (laughs) and just looking at what other opportunities are out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really, I think that's a really important lesson for people who perhaps are in the first few years that even when you've been in business for quite a while, stuff can happen that will force you to change the way that you do business. And you yes. have to sort of be willing to to pivot, to move with that and be a bit flexible uh, because. Yeah, we can't control those those outside forces. Yeah. Goodness knows, none of us saw this this last few years coming. Um, and you also mentioned that you actually had some staff. So what's going on with uh, with those mm. people at the moment?
1: Yeah. So um, I've got since the start of this year, I've been full time in the studio, and I've had I've got um, two girls at work with me. Um, so, but I have someone here with me four days a week. So one girl does three days and. Other does one. Um, so that was we were trucking along really nicely. And then so we're in regional New South Wales and we got put into lockdown oh, four weeks ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't your sense of time just it was warpy. <laughs> Um so that's we had a couple of weeks of no one coming in and one one girl's come back a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. Um so we're in we're in here with our masks on. Um, So, yeah, it'll be good
0: to be able to get them back in Mm
1: a bit more quickly, yeah.
0: So what would you say over the course of your business, what's been sort of one of the biggest challenges? Would it be COVID or have there been other big challenges that you've had to overcome and and how did you overcome them? One
1: of the challenges um, working with Clay is that, you're working with clay Mm -hmm. and um, probably two things about the supply have been a real challenge in the last 18 months. Um, So uh, there's been a bit of a shortage of clay in Australia. Right. Um, I'm not sure if it's it's probably a combination of a lot of people picking it up as a hobby um, or people doing it perhaps on a more regular basis sort of To build businesses. Mm. Um, And there's, yeah, so there's been issues with supply. So that's been an interesting challenge. Um, And they've also changed the recipes of some of the clays that I've been using for years, um, which has meant that there's just been issues when they're firing and reacting not the right, not the way they have been in the past with my glazes. So that's actually been massive. Mm. Um, Really did keep me awake. At night for quite some time just trying to work out what to do about what clay to use and if there's sort of a real knock-on effect if you have to change the clay you use it different clays can be used for different purposes and mm-hmm. the, yeah the glazes don't necessarily fit with them so um, it's sort of touch wood seems to have been ironed out now um, and like these things always do you kind of you end up doing I've, I've started doing different pieces and different types of things and taking my practice in different direction which has been really exciting but at the time when I was in the kind of crux of it trying to fulfill wholesale orders um yeah it was it was a
0: challenge. Yeah, I mean, you must have just been like railing at the sky, going, "Why? Why did you do this? Why would you change the recipe? I don't why understand. why you changed the recipe." Yeah,
1: yes, yeah, so pulled a whole, opened up a kiln, and all of the clay was blistered. It looked like the oh. pieces had boils on it. Oh my so, god! Yeah. yeah, that wasn't the look we were going for. So,
0: <laughs> could be a new, a new trend. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to get more sales on Etsy? Etsy is a huge part of my business and the vast majority of my sales come from Etsy search. That means I have to optimize my Etsy SEO or search engine optimization in order to be found. And if you want to be found, you need to do the same. If you'd like some tricks and tips to help you optimize your search engine optimization on Etsy, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO. And you can download my Etsy SEO cheat sheet, which will teach you all of the tips you need to implement in order to make sure that you're getting your best possible ranking on Etsy search. That's createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO to download that free cheat sheet right now. We did wonder about it. My husband was like, it looks great. It looks great. I'm like, yeah, no. oh so yeah that that would have been that would have been really frustrating um mm. and nothing you can control either um so do you no do you source your clay from in australia or is it from overseas yes okay. from in australia yeah yep. and do you only sell in australia um
1: no, no um i've just So one of my um, biggest wholesalers is is Plant Society. Mm -hmm. Um, I make plant. I've sort of started out making planters and that continues to be a really big part of what I do. Um, And Plant Society is um, an amazing shop. They have a couple of retail outlets in Melbourne and one in Sydney. And they did a pop-up store in Tokyo a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they've just established a shop over there um, and I saw on the Instagram that a box of my stuff is headed over there as we speak. So that's ah. super exciting. That was something that was always on my bucket list. To, um, I'm a bit obsessed with Japan. I've been there a few times. And <laughs> just love love their culture and aesthetic. And so to have something in Japan heading to Japan is amazing. But, yes, apart from that, just Australia, mm-hmm. um, I sometimes ship overseas um if through my online store but just find that shipping particularly for ceramic or bulky things including ceramics is so expensive Mm. um I've got a customer in the UK who's bought and quite a number of times and doesn't seem to bother her I think I guess because of the exchange rate it's okay but Yeah. yeah it's um yeah it's no cheap thing sending ceramics
0: overseas no definitely not and uh I mean your stuff looks like it would per- be perfect for the Japanese market too so that's a really good Thank fit really yeah good thanks fit <laughs> I, I can visit
1: visit it one day over
0: there that would be cool it is yes. it is fun when you get like your work in shops overseas and you're like oh imagine you know <laughs> my stuff in this <laughs> shop yes. in a completely different country it's pretty cool yeah. um <clears throat> so you've you've you know you've had some challenges this year quite a few challenges this year you no know, you know the clay and then covid and, and so on and so forth you're still pushing forward which is fantastic so you mentioned uh instagram earlier mm. that, that that has been a big part of your marketing strategy is it kind of the core of your marketing strategy or are there other obviously with wholesale you reach out to wholesalers and and so on um is is there anything else you kind of focus on to bring in customers to you um
1: in the past it really has mainly been instagram um and i don't know if it's strictly considered marketing but i've always considered having my stuff in retail shops as being a way of getting it out there and oh yeah. the brand um and i've been quite targeted in where i wanted my stuff to be I think it's important to have ceramics out there in the world so that people can pick pick it up and touch it. Mm. Um, and but yeah, Instagram definitely the most important thing. This year, I'm starting to focus more on um, reaching out to other sorts sorts of channels mm-hmm. to do different types of marketing. So you know, podcasts. Um, this is exciting for me to be on your podcast. It's the <laughs> first podcast I've been on. Um, but so maybe try and do a few more things like this, um, reaching out to people who, who do um, blog posts and things like that. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so a bit of PR basically. Yeah. A
1: bit of PR, exactly. Mm. Um, I've um, been in a couple of magazines in the past. It's interesting. Um, it's in Home Beautiful, like mm-hmm. years ago, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is where the business is going to take off. It's going, you know, I'm hitting the big time, and mm-hmm. I really hus- hustled to get my website up, but there was was kind of like nothing came Mm. from that immediately it was interesting Uh, yeah sometimes the things you think are going to make a massive difference don't and then some small random thing seems to have a big impact that's so true
0: (laughs) i've had that experience in my own business for sure uh yes some it's funny there's been a few times where i've got like suddenly this influx of traffic and i'm like where the hell is this coming from and my you know one of my pieces has been featured on BuzzFeed or something weird. Mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, th- that sort of thing can can really make a difference. And you know yeah. sometimes you have no control over that. it just sort of happens. So mm-hmm. you can't but you can't rely on that sort of thing. obviously <laughs> <laughs> it's just a nice a nice perk when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So um, what made you decide to sort of branch out? It, was it just that you really wanted to to get more? wholesale uh, sorry more online sales coming in or it was just time to sort of expand your reach yeah just just both of those things mm. I think um,
1: now that I'm been full-time um, has been amazing bit, have the space to work on the business so I've got a um, bit more headspace to think about these things and yeah I want to grow the business so I yeah need to need to be reaching out in all the different ways that I can.
0: So let's um backtrack a little bit to so you've you went full-time at the beginning of this year, but you yep. obviously have been working on the business for many years before that. At yep. what at what point did you decide to bring other people on board and why? Um.
1: So I'm really lucky that one of my best friends is like a small, is like a business genius. Mm -hmm. And um, Rose has been helping me with um, sort of strategy and so on. So we were just having, one of her things is looking at where the bottlenecks are in Mm -hmm. the business. Um, And it became clear that particularly because I was still working at the uni, I just didn't have the capacity to make enough to meet the orders so it was sort of, it was essential to bring someone on. So, I, you know, I started out, um, one of my girlfriend's teenage daughters started working with me like after school a couple of days a week. So everything's been bit by bit. I've just mm-hmm. built things up over the years. Um, but then I, um, when I started bringing on um, one of the girls for a day a week, that the impact that I saw on that in terms of what I could produce was just amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've actually forgotten what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> when did you bring them on and why?
1: When, yeah, yeah. Um, started early on and it was just because I, I couldn't make enough mm-hmm.
0: myself. Yeah. yeah. So you did kind of the cost analysis of, well, I could quit my job and do more or I could just bring <laughs> someone on. And that would be more cost-effective to do that. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. And it's taken me a long time to. Um, I've been toying with the dream and the idea of going full time for a long time, um, but to actually back yourself and do it is um, it was really a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it feels like a massive final step to to have done it. Um, so yeah, it was a was a good way to. Bring other people on, and the other thing I've noticed is, particularly within the last few weeks, being in the studio by myself, I'm actually much more productive when I've got someone else in here with me. <laughs> you
0: have got someone like watching you. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, and we work as a team, so mm-hmm. we kind of work in tandem. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a at a bit of a loose end sometimes in here when I'm by myself. So it has that
0: extra bonus to it. That's really interesting. I think, I mean, would you would you class yourself as sort of introverted, extroverted, or is it just the fact that someone else is there? You're, you know, you're sort of paying for their time. They're there to work. You're like, right, it's time to work. You know, you can't you can't get distracted and uh, sort of skive off as you could when you're by yourself.
1: Um, I think I'm. I don't know if I'm introverted or extroverted. We we. We just have a lovely flow in mm. here. Um, so I do a lot of hand building and slab work. So I've got a slab roller. So the girls roll out the slabs and cut them and then I form the pieces. So yeah, I don't know. I just we just I don't know. I don't know quite how to explain it. It um, just works. It just works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah, and I'm paying, I'm paying for someone's time. So I don't want to be,
0: yeah laughing about so yeah (laughs) it's funny I find (laughs) the most of it yeah exactly Um, because my husband works with me in the business and he does like he makes all of our rings but I still make all of our other jewelry so necklaces and earrings and so forth but he'll he usually preps the material for me so he'll like cut things to length and get them prepared so that I can then come down and mm. you know finish the make the pieces and finish them off and uh it's a nice it's a nice flow as well kind of like what mm. you're saying you know yeah so it can be really but, lovely to work with someone else
1: yeah because otherwise it could be quite isolating i think and for mm. a long time i felt like it wasn't wasn't truly my handmade if someone else was helping me, but um, yeah, I've got over that. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you're still the designer, you're still involved in the process, your hands are still being part of it. So yeah, that's yeah. it. So what's now that you've gone full time, you've made that shift, how did that work with, you know, your your partner, your, your day-to-day life? Like, did, was it a, was it a difficult transition for you to be fully self-employed? What does it, you know, what does a day or a week look like, or was it a really sort of you sort of were ready and it was a really easy transition? Uh, in the end
1: I was hundred percent ready mm-hmm. and I had been inching down, as I said, in terms of the number of days I was working, um, doing my other, other job. And, um, and I think because it came just at this well, a couple of months before COVID came, everyone our, the flow of our life changed anyway. So mm-hmm. he started working from home, um, and then I was my studio's at home, mm-hmm. so we were both working from home, and um, just yeah, it's it's worked really nicely. Um, so. Did you say the, a flow of a day or yeah. a week? Oh, both, either <laughs> or both. <laughs> so, so, the day, so the days that I've got um, one of the girls helping me, um, they get here at eight, Okay. Um, yeah. which is also good, gets me up and, and out. Um, mm-hmm. We've got two dogs, so we get up. We're pretty early risers. We get up and take them for a, a walk um, mm-hmm. every morning, and then I'm back here and out in the studio from eight um, until two or three. They're with me. And then there's usually a couple of hours um, where I'm finishing off whatever we were doing during the day. So what we do in the studio just really depends on where we're up to in the making process. Um, mm. So it could be if we, we could spend a whole day glazing if there's enough bisqueware, um, or, or making or packing. Packing takes forever. Um, <laughs> so... Um, it's good to just knock that off in a day and so it doesn't contaminate other days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're just in the studio listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other day, that's my admin day. Um, and, um, yeah, it's good. One of the good things about... Um, Going full time is that I've actually got my weekends back a little bit more. I mm-hmm. do spend some time in the studio if there's a kill and one pack or something to do, finish off. I'll come down here and, and work, but I have been able to
0: get back a bit more weekends, which is great. Mm, that is nice. Yeah. Nice to have yeah. that separation, a little bit of time off. Yeah. <laughs> so you you kind of at the you back to the five day work week, but uh, you you get that that bit of weekend the- time. Yeah,
1: with a bit of bleed, but I still—I mm. I mean, I love being in the studio. It's—it's it's, mm. it's beautiful, and I—and I love working with clay. So my husband but, rolls his eyes. <laughs> always—he reckons I'm always in here. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's nice to hear that, like, you still have the love for it, you know, even though it's—you—you're spending so much time doing it, you haven't lost it sort of Lost that—that that passion? Have you ever gone through a period of, of sort of losing touch with the the love of the material or the work? No. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just, I, I, I
1: just, I still, I'm pinching myself that I'm so lucky to get to do this. It's just like
0: a dream come true. So, yeah. That's awesome. It's nice to hear. So if you could sort of look back to your earlier self or perhaps someone who is in the beginning stages, is there one piece of advice that you would give yourself or someone starting out? about running a successful creative business?
1: Um, one piece of advice is tricky. I know, um, there's so much.
0: There's so much.
1: <laughs> um, say yes, take take the opportunities. Um, I said yes to stuff and possibly maybe still am saying yes to stuff that I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just do it and then you grow and then you learn that you can do bigger and bigger bigger things. Mm-hmm. Um, so saying yes, but also um just really take advantage of all of the information and support that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have religious live, listen to your podcast religiously um, and other podcasts out there. Um, reaching out to people who are there's lots of people doing this now. Instagram's really good for reaching out to people and asking questions. People mm-hmm. love to help mm-hmm. um, and, and give advice for sure um, yeah
0: <laughs> that's fantastic so what do you see for the future have you got sort of any big uh, you know goals are you going to become sort of uh, the next uh, ceramics empire or are you just happy keeping <laughs> things small like Robert um, Gordon or something
1: oh no I don't think I'll ever be Robert Go- the Robert Gordon be Robert <laughs> Gordon um I would I don't know I, I was thinking about this um, I don't know if it's pie in the sky, but I would like. So, I'm, as I said, I work in my studio from at home. Mm-hmm. I would like to have a bigger studio, so move um, move into a bigger space and have a few more people working with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to do more sculptural pieces. Um, in addition, so I do functional wear. So I said planters before and tableware and things like that. Um, I'd like to do some more sculptural work. Um, I'd like to have a bigger space. It's got like a little gallery, maybe a tiny cafe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds nice. That, yeah, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. You're we'll in see. the right region for that. Yeah, well,
1: mostly when we, can, when we can have visitors and not be locked down, it's, it really is the perfect
0: spot to be trying to do all of this. Mm. Very, yeah, really lucky. Awesome. So if people want to check out your beautiful work, where can they go?
1: Um, Instagram, mm-hmm. definitely. Yep. Um, so Jen Johnston Ceramics, two N's in the Jen. Um, and my website is JohnstonCeramics.com. Um, and yeah, send me a message if you want. <laughs> it
0: would be really lovely. Say, so, hey, I heard about you on the Cranton Thrive Podcast. Yeah. If you've got any questions, I'd love to try and answer them. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's really, I always really enjoy chatting with someone who has listened to the show and has gotten a lot out of it. So I'm really happy to hear that it has helped you with your business over time. So thank mm-hmm. you for listening. Yeah, and thank you it for sure telling has. me. <laughs> And hopefully this episode can help someone else out there who is in that, you know, growth phase, thinking about how to, how to make their business work and uh, they can take something away from our chat today. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Jess. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And I'll be back again soon with another episode, of course. If you did enjoy this one, please do consider spending a few moments to leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts, if that's how you listen to the show. Or let me know on Instagram what you thought. You can find me at Create and Thrive over on the IGs. Make sure to join us over in the Thriver Circle, ThriverCircle.com if you want to join me for that pricing workshop that is coming up at the end of October. Catch you next time and bye for now.